Hashtag SFM Sport Tracks. Go to Benoni and Rhinefelt resident uh, Nicole Garcia joins us now. First of all, I guess, Nicole, congratulations on your wedding. Uh, thank you very much. You see, social media tells me everything these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't hide anything anymore. <laughs> and the other the other thing I want to know is when you're playing golf, you, you're always in black. Is there a reason for that? Uh, no, I'm not always in black. Um, I suppose I've just, maybe one of my favorite outfits lately was in black. Maybe it's just because it was <laughs> slimming. <laughs> maybe I haven't too much of a good, you know, too, too many good years in the last couple of years when I needed a slimming outfit. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that feeling. Hey, lockdown has hurt us a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Even professional sports person. All right, Nicole Garcia, let's start off at the beginning. Uh, how did you get into golf? Sure. Um, I got into golf when I was 16. So actually not, uh, mm. not early, you know, like a, a lot of uh, professional golfers did. So 16 years old and I played squash at um, uh, the Lake Club Benoni. And, um, and obviously that's a, it's mainly a golf course. They've got squash courts there. And that's how I got into it. My mom dragged me for a couple of lessons. Absolutely hated it. Left, went to go play balls with the with with you know all the the old guys on the bowling green, and um, yeah, and then I, I don't know what happened. Uh, the mum probably paid for a couple of a, le- a couple of lessons up front, and I had to go back, and then the the bug break. So glad it did. Yeah. And then suddenly three amateur tournaments. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So um, it took a it took a little while. I finished my trick. Uh, stopped playing uh, when I was seventeen for my trick. Um, because obviously at that point I wasn't any good and I needed to, to have, you know, really good schooling. I mean, you've got to have that anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went to, to Tix. I went to university and I carried on playing. And then, yeah, then towards the end of my university career, then I had three amateur wins. Um, so I thought, well, let me see how far off I am from the pros. And I went to Q School. And um, well, Q School is a tournament that you play to, to get uh, playing status on a tour. So you compete mm-hmm. against the rest of the world trying to, to turn pro. And um, and I happened to get a, a card or status. <laughs> that was a big surprise <laughs> to me and probably everybody else. <laughs> you're like a surprise golfer. You did, I imagine yeah. when you're on the you're standing on the tee, go, how did I get here? Exactly, exactly. It was like, <laughs> oops, I wasn't meant to do that, and, uh, <laughs> and that's it. And I was like, okay, well now what? So I ended up phoning a couple of other girls that were already pro, and I was like, I actually don't even know what this means. Mm. Um, and they said to me, no, take the status. It's a good year. It's not Solheim Cup. So I would, would have got into a, f- a few more events than normal. And, um, and yeah, and that's how I started. With Nicole Garcia and you've got a Spanish father, any related to Sergio? Uh, I wish. I get that question um, quite a lot. But Garcia uh-huh. is like the, you know, the fundamental or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of Garcias in, in Spain and, and Mexico. But my dad is Spanish. Yeah. Um, and you never know. I have no idea what my dad was up to. <laughs> I, I was going to no. say, if it's, if it's that common, just say yes, because who's yeah, going to yeah. check you? Yeah, I do sometimes. I do, and I play <laughs> along with it. And I say, oh, no, he's my cousin. And, <laughs> and people believe me. And I, if I don't tell them otherwise, they'll always believe that I'm related to Cedric. <laughs> Why not? I would do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm related to every character that's famous as well. I, I've never met them, but you know, why not? Oh, yeah, Let, why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Okay, so you got into the tour. You, you've you've been there or thereabouts. Why do you keep on doing this thing if it, if you almost got into it by accident? Well, I mean, obviously it's a lot of fun. Um, you get to travel the world, meet different people, 
uh, I mean, my job is literally to play golf around the world. Oh. So, okay, <laughs> you know, why would you, why would you not want to do that? Obviously, it's hard, uh, you know, especially when it comes to women's golf. Um, you know, until even in South African, in South African golf, until investors got involved, um, you know, it was it was quite difficult to to earn a living playing golf as a as a woman um, professional golfer in in mm. South Africa and around the world. So it is difficult. It has its pros and its cons, but. There's a lot more pros than, than cons, um, you know, when you consider being outside, um, traveling the world, being in a different country almost every week. Um, and I still get to earn um, a salary doing it. So um, that's why I carried on doing it. I thought, well, you know, there's no point in me stopping and, and going into an office job when I can do this for as long as I, you know, if, as long as I can, I'm going to try. You'd be excellent at the corporate golf days. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I, I actually enjoy doing those um, pro-ams and corporate golf days and that kind of thing because mm. um, you meet so many different people. And, um, and then also I enjoy, I enjoy showing people that are not used to seeing women play golf, um, right. you know, how, how women can hit. And, and a lot of people are quite shocked because they're quite mm. used to, you know, that um, perception that women are weak and women don't hit very far and that kind of thing. Uh, so I love playing those, those corporate days and that's just to kind of show everybody that we can play golf. You mentioned how women, how few women there are. We're, we're hearing many stories of South Africans now that are getting bursaries and going over to the States and getting onto uh, the international tours that way. You, you didn't go that way, but I guess that's a fantastic opportunity for young ladies now in South Africa. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, I didn't go that way. Um, I was already 17 in matric and I'd only just picked up a club. I don't think I broke 100 until... After Madrid, <laughs> so that was not an option for me. Um, but yes, there's a lot of players. I mean, one of them just coming out of South Africa now is Kate McNabb. She's just gone to um, university in in America, and it's such a great opportunity for these girls to experience golf um, overseas. You know, before they turn pro, because that was quite a culture shock for me. Um, so it's really good for them to to travel on their own, be on their own, and then then they can decide if that's the type of lifestyle that they want. But I mean, also, you know, any, I had a great time at Tech, so I don't regret, regret not going, um, you know, to to any of these universities overseas. But mm. I mean, it does look like a lot of fun that whole American um, university experience. You know, all the different sports that they have there, um, and I think she's having an absolute blast. But uh, She's, she's one to look out for. She's going to be good. I think she's going to be better than any of us that have come through uh, yet. Let's talk about a day in the life of a professional female, well, a week in the life of a professional female uh, golfer before lockdown. Let, so you just finished a tournament and you, you've placed okay. What happens then? Okay. So, I mean, look, uh, a day in the, in the life or a week in the life of a woman, a woman or a lady professional golfer is going to be identical to that of a you know, men's professional golfer. Okay. Um, and it, it all consists of the same thing. At the end of the day, um, you know, we're all trying to better ourselves. We're all athletes. We all have to follow strict um, regimes and schedules. And so I've just come off a tournament, let's say, um, and I mean, let's just say it's a tournament in Spain and the next tournament is in Sweden. So you get on a flight either the Sunday night or the Monday morning, travel to that next country, um, land, get to your hotel, uh, depending on the time, either go to the gym or go to the course. Uh, make sure that you have uh, the right food for the week. So your Monday is generally your prep day for the week, um, travel and prep. And then by the Tuesday, you're full on back at the course. Uh, you'll be doing gym every day, whether it's um, weights early in the week or if you have a specific um, 
you know, program that you have to follow depending on your body. Um, you'll probably see the physio a few times a week. So, um, and then generally on a Wednesday is the Pro-Am Day um, where all the either sponsors or clients, you know, of the sponsors will come and play and get to play with, mm-hmm. the, with the pros, uh, which happens on every tour, PGA, LPGA, uh, Ladies European Tour, Sunshine Tour. It happens on every tour. It's just a way to thank, you know, the sponsors and their clients for having us. And, um, and then, yeah, then the tournament will start on a Thursday. Um, a lot of people think that women only play three-day events. We do play four-day events, um, just depending on the prize money. If it's a smaller event, which we do have a lot of those in women's golf, um, it's not worth us playing four days for a certain amount of money. So then it will mm-hmm. go down to three days. But it all has to do with the amount of money um, is how much time we spend in that particular place. But yeah, all of our obviously big events, major events, everything is four days, um, all the same as the men. Are, are the flights and everything booked, the hotels booked, or is that all up to you to have to organize? Yeah, unfortunately, that's all up to us. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of players do have uh, management teams and things like that, and it makes it a lot easier for them. Um, I like to do a lot of it on my own, but I do have a, a travel agent that does help me because there's nothing worse than being stuck in a country and... <laughs> yes. uh, Especially over this last year with the COVID, COVID times, then this flight is cancelled, and then you're sitting in an airport and you don't have Wi-Fi, and so it has really helped to have a travel agent. But yeah, it, it's all on us to to make sure that's all booked and ready. All right, now you've had a, a rough couple of years, some some injuries. Are you are you back up to speed again? I hope so. I um I was back on tour uh, full time last year, but you know, obviously with COVID, it was difficult. I was away for six months. Um, not coming back into the country for a day in those six months. So um, the traveling, uh, golf every day, the hotels for six months solid was a little bit harsh on um, on my hips that I had the surgery on. So I did well, but I also had a few weeks where I was really struggling. So this year I'm really looking forward to going out there. Um, I can come back home when I want to come back home. I don't have to be there if I'm tired and I'm sore and, you know, in hotel beds and that kind of thing. So... Um, I'm really hoping that this year is going to be a good year, not only for my golf, but for my body too. So that's going to be good. Okay. South African Women's Open, you came third. Uh, you got into the US Women's Open. What What are your plans for this year? Do you, do you get exemptions now that you've been so high up in the women's tour? Um, I won't have, well, I won't have any exemptions, let's say, into major events like the US mm-hmm. Open. I'll have to qualify for that again. Um, but because I had a lot of good finishes on the Ladies European Tour uh, and I kept my ranking quite high on that tour um, or high enough for me to keep my full status. So I can play any event that I want on, um, on that tour, which is really good because obviously then I can pick and choose and, you know, I don't have to uh, fly when I don't want to fly and that kind of thing. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, it gives me a better opportunity to qualify for the majors um, uh, during the year because obviously you have more opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. So that's your ultimate goal every year is to keep that status. And obviously the higher you do, the better you do uh, or, or the more events you get into. Um, so I think that's obviously your main goal. And then you've got little goals along, you know, obviously I want to improve my putting stats and I want to improve uh, certain things which ultimately will um, improve my ranking anyway. Uh, I want to talk about the charity on your website. You've got Birdies for Rhinos. Tell us about that. Yeah, so birdies for rhinos. Obviously, you know, a lot of South Africans are, um, you know, very aware of the situation with the rhinos. And um, this opportunity came about quite a few years ago, probably about five, six years ago, where two South African golfers on the men's European tour, Dean Brimster and Justin Walters, 
uh, came up with the idea that we can help, you know, as golfers, not, you know, not necessarily for us, um, you know, our little bit of money that we get together is not going to make a huge difference, although it does make it help, every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. Um, the awareness that we can bring um, to the approaching of runners in South Africa was, was the most important part. So I jumped on that as quick as I could. Uh, I love wildlife. Um, myself and my husband uh, are often in the bush. We have a lot of friends that do a lot of um, conservation work, so it's quite close to us. And, um, and yeah, I try to do as much as I can um, for them. And, and every birdie that I make on tour, I donate um, some money of my own. So if there's anybody out there that would love to join <laughs> or would love to match what I pay, that would be mm-hmm. great. Um, so, yeah, it's all just basically about awareness and, and hopefully, you know, I, I, I feel like it's a, di- it's a difficult thing to say, put a stop to the pushing, but hopefully we can help a little bit. 257 birdies in a year, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would like to catch up to the guys. <laughs> I'd like to catch up to Dean. I think Dean won it last year, but he played a lot of events and um, and they had a lot more four-day events. So right. if, uh, hopefully this year I can I can play in a lot more four-day events and then and then we can try catch them. I don't like being at the bottom of that list of the breeze yeah, and you have a look at all the men at the top there. I wanna I wanna beat the men, so I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> I, I don't know who who Bregman is, but Bregman played twenty nine events, which is one more than you, and only got hundred and ninety five birdies. So at least you're yeah. you're not right at the bottom, you see. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, just quickly, uh, somebody's messaged us now to say, it, it, uh, are you rich? You know, when you, uh, I look at your Tiger Woods, I just quickly looked up his net worth. He's worth $800 million. Is being a women's professional golfer, obviously it's a career, as you say, it's something you do, but are, are you a multimillionaire? Do you have your own plane and, and have your no. own entourage when you go to golfing events? Yeah, no, unfortunately I don't. So women's, women's golfing, you know, the women's golfing world and the men's golfing world is, is very, very far apart um, in terms of, you know, finances and the amount of prize money up for grabs. Um, I do okay, I can live, but I'm nowhere near the 800 million mark or, or any million mark. Um, so I'm pretty normal, but I, w- I would just say I have a normal salary um, which is why I keep doing it. Obviously, if I if I didn't think I was making enough, then I would I would move on to a normal job. Um, but yeah, and that's where companies like Investec are so important. Um, you know, making it if they're making it their you know their job or their this is their their project is to to bring that gap, but that pay gap between the men and the women slightly closer, so that I can carry on doing this for you know, much longer. Where the men have the opportunity to do this well into their 50s and 60s, um, a lot of women will have to stop, so especially when kids come along and that kind of thing, because once you have kids, there is not enough money for you to travel with you and right. the kids and, and all of that. So, so yeah, so come back, like I said, companies like Investec, um, and, you know, we have a lot of other companies that are on board, especially on the Ladies Sunshine Tour this year, you know, Jabra, uh, we have Super Sports. We've got so many of these wonderful companies that are helping uh, bridge that that pay gap and um, and yeah hopefully you know I don't think I will see it in my lifetime but it's definitely um, on the rise and I'm hoping that the next generation of golfers that come through um, you know will be a lot closer to to the end golf. Nicole Garcia, thanks very much for chatting us uh, and maybe you can put that you it spoke with me on your Wikipedia page now. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Thank Gus. you.
Nicole Garcia, thank you very much. South African professional golfer on the Ladies European Tour. Runner-up at the 2015 Lala Miriam Cup. She was also 2020 Canon Serengeti Par 3 Challenge winner. Dimension Data Ladies Challenge winner in 2017. And the Chase to Investec Club Glendower in 2015 as well.